Hey, what's going on, sports fans? This your boy Antoine Smithy Smith, Smithy Sports Machine, the podcast. You're tuned in to another episode, episode number six. I will give y'all my week seven NFL picks and predictions and the spread points for each game. Also, give y'all some of my hot topics of the week. And one just happened uh, Stan Van Gundy. Now, coach of the New Orleans and Pelicans, and that's going to be something to talk about because, uh, <laughs> hey, that's how I do it. Also, uh, Tua Tagovailoa, now the starting quarterback, you know, in Miami. Is it too soon? Is it just right? Yeah, my quick thoughts on that. Also, so without further ado. Let's get this thing kicked off, man, because uh, we got a lot to talk about. And in the sports world, there's always something to talk about. But before, you know, I get it going, please go to my YouTube at Smitty Sports Machine and check out some of my videos, man. I do hot topics. I'm mainly an Atlanta guy. I love to do the Falcons, Braves, and Hawks. Uh, but I give y'all my thoughts on some of the hottest topics out there, you know, because that's what I do. So go on over to YouTube, check me out. If you like it, please subscribe and drop those comments and questions because some of those questions, man, they're great questions and they make for good conversation. So I just might pick your question, make a video out of it. And I give you a shout out in the process. But when we get back, Gonna talk about Stan Van Gundy going to New Orleans. Stay tuned. First off, Stan Van Gundy. Now, at 61 years old, I thought he was close to being done. But let's not forget Hubie Brown. He coached until he was in his 70s. So, I guess 61 is still young in NBA years. But he agreed to terms with the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, he's, you know, been in the league 11 years as a head coach. Uh, this is his fourth team. He coached the Heat, the Magic, and Detroit. And that Detroit team at one point, man, I thought, you know, they were putting together something nice, but couldn't get it together. So, now he goes down to New Orleans, who has a very nice young core former number one overall draft pick Zion Williamson and they have a lot of pieces to build around man now one thing that I would look out for I think Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart who are free agents when the new league year starts I think they need to find a way to re-sign them now a lot of people are not you know sold on Lonzo Ball but I like you know what he brings as a floor general Uh, he's a passer at times, you know, he can, you know, shoot. He's a streaky shooter. And he's, you know, helped on the de- worked on the defensive end. And to be honest, I think that what Stan Van Gundy brings the most. He's known as one of the best defensive teachers out there. Now, he's known for a teacher, you know, period, as a head coach. And I think with a young team like what they have and the pieces that they have, I think it's the perfect fit, actually. Now, Brandon Ingram also, you know, they've been talking about, you know, him moving on to another team, but I think New Orleans finds a way to re-sign him. He was the most approved player last year, and 
to be honest, I can see that, you know, situation has been a plus for him. Also, their lottery pick, Jackson Hayes, who, you know, has shown signs that he can be the rim protector they need, block shots, and be a defensive presence. I think he has all the pieces that he needs, you know, in New Orleans right now. And in the upcoming draft, he's got the number 13 pick and three second-round picks. So, look for Stan Van Gunn to build more defensively on that team. Now, he does need a shooter. And, you know, Drew Holiday, he's there. And J.J. Reddick, you know, he's getting up the ladder, but... You know, he can still produce as a shooter. And I forgot that J.J. Reddick played for uh, Stan Van Gundy in Orlando. So, that's a plus. So, he's already, you know, he already knows what to expect. So, let's see, can they make it back to the playoffs? You know, for the first time since 2018. And they lost Anthony Davis to the Lakers. But let's be honest. With Stan Van Gundy, a veteran coach... I think he can find another big man. Maybe not as talented as Anthony Davis, but I think he can, you know, work with that team down in New Orleans. But Stan Van Gundy becomes the head coach in New Orleans, and I actually like the fit. So, hey, we'll see how that works out. Uh, We'll see how Zion Williamson, you know, excels in his second year because, you know, injuries and, you know, as they say, you know, plagued him his first year, so, hey, it ain't over to his over. But, those are my thoughts on Stan Van Gundy going to New Orleans, and I think, um, I think it's a good fit. But, when I come back, I'm gonna talk to a talk of a lower, and I'm gonna sneak in a little Adam Gates talk, because at this point, you know, I don't know what the hell is going on in New York. Stay tuned. What's going on? It's your man, Raphael Haynes, a.k.a. Mr. Controversy. Did you miss me? It's a must that you keep it locked here on the Sports Machine Podcast. My man, Smitty Smitty. Yeah. Okay, I'm back. Let's get these um, NFL topics out the way. And I got one on the fly I just thought about. And it just made me think. And that is the what is wrong with the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I'm critical of a lot of things. But at this point, you know, Jerry Jones has got to stop being, you know, oblivious to what is going on there. And the reason why I say that is they're going into another Al Davis situation and God rest his soul. Jerry Jones is seven, just turned 78 years old. Now, he's a great businessman, and I'm never going to knock him for that. But at some point, you got to, you know, you have to, should I say, know when to fold. Because he needs a GM in Dallas real bad. 
Now, I know he wants hands-on what goes on, and he can do that on draft day. But when it comes to free agents, uh, signing contracts, he needs a GM to, you know, do those things. Because some of the contracts that he has in Dallas are pretty much ridiculous. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, he signed him to, what, $17, $18 million, maybe more. He hasn't produced worth of nothing. And Alden Smith, who's been out the league five years, come in and play better than him. So, you just have to, you know, Jerry Jones, you just got to let it go, man. Your time is coming past. Yes, you have three Super Bowl rings with the Cowboys in the 90s, but those days of that way of playing are long gone. So, Jerry Jones, come on, man. After that, lost to Arizona. Arizona has a pretty good team, but they did not have their top pass rusher, Shauna Jones, who's out for the year, and their defense still dominated. The offensive line is depleted. Uh, Travis Fredericks, uh, when he retired, he took the anchor away from that line. Lionel Collins out for the year. Tyron Smith, too. So, Dallas started rebuilding that line again because your top running back, Ezekiel Elliott, you're wasting his prime running behind that trash can of an offensive line. I thought I just had to say that right quick because... That defense is awful, and I don't care who they bring in at this point. I don't care if they win the NFC East. That team is straight god-awful. But I had to rant about that right quick. And while I'm on that, let's go to New York. And I don't know what's going on with the Jets. I'll give Joe Judge a pass next door with the Giants because this is his first year. But the New York Jets are god-awful as well. 0-6. They made the Miami Dolphins defense look like the 85 Bears. And it's funny because I'm starting to hear Sam Donald trade talks already. Now, to be honest, what have you given Sam Donald to work with? Let's be honest right here. You just got rid of Le'Veon Bell, which was a crapshoot because... He just duped y'all out of $20 million, you know, for 15 games. So, if you want to be mad, be mad at yourself. Joe Douglas was not the right hire, and I knew it wasn't when he got hired as GM. He was on his phone playing Candy Crush while they were getting blown out. So, New York Jets, do yourselves a favor. You, too, need to hire a GM. I don't care, you know, where you get him from. Joe Douglas is not that guy. Hey, Thomas Dimitrov just left Atlanta. He built a decent team. His timing just got old, along with Dan Quinn. He knows how to draft players. Thomas Dimitrov is available. Same thing for Dallas. New York Jets get you a GM. If you trade Sam Donald now, you'll be looking for a quarterback for the next 10 years. Because I got a feeling Trevor Lawrence is taken by the Jets. He will go back to Clemson for one more year. And at that point, hey, there's always Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm just saying. But New York Jets, get it together. Because Adam Gaze is not the right coach, nor he was he ever the right coach why the hell would you hire a coach that was in a division in your same division the year before 
didn't do nothing in Miami, then you did not interview any other coaches, even though you lied said you did, uh, black, white, blue, or whatever color they was, and you picked up Adam Gay and said he was your guy. There's another one of those buddy-buddy hires, but I don't know what kind of strings he pulled, but it was, you know, pretty much pathetic. So, New York Jets, come on, man. Get it together. But let's travel down to Miami in the same division to a talk of a low, and I'm not going to, you know, spend a lot of time on this because me and my buddy Marlon Malcolm did a video, YouTube video giving our thoughts on this. But I'm going to give y'all just a quick overview. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa is taking over in Miami. Taking over from Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I'm wondering, is it the right time? Now, I understand they leveled the playing field by going into the bye week, giving him an extra week to prepare. Leveled the playing field by a 3-3 three three start, which is pretty good for Miami, by the way. Uh, so he gets a fresh start. It's like 0-0. Zero zero. Now, timing. The only reason why I question the timing is look at the schedule that they have. They have the Rams coming off the bye week. You have one of the best defensive players in the league, maybe the best, and Aaron Donald, who leads the league in sacks. And you have one of the best cornerbacks in Jalen Ramsey on the Rams that first week. And to be honest, the reason why this scares me so much is because of that injury, yes, but he has a makeshift offensive line. They traded Laramie Thompson to the Titans for first-round picks, and they're still working on getting a solidified left tackle to block for him on his blind side. Next, they have the Arizona Cardinals. Yes, they lost Chandler Jones for the year, but that team still can fly around the ball. Vance Joseph adjusted very well against the Dallas Cowboys, but who hasn't? And I think he will game plan for another young quarterback, and he's been around for a while, so he knows how to do this. Let's look at that third game, and it's the last one I'm going to give y'all. San Diego Chargers. They have one of the meanest defenses in the league with Nick Bosa. And, I'm sorry, Joey Bosa. And you look at Los Angeles Chargers, they're de- yes, they're 1-4, but they've been in every game. They lost every game by a touchdown or less. And they have a young quarterback in Justin Herbert who can toss the ball. And what's funny, this could have been a flip-flop. Tua could have ended up in Los Angeles, and Herbert could have ended up in Miami, which I think should have happened. But that's a t- another story for another day. But Tua, you know... I think, you know, the timing may be right, you know, but I would have let, you know, the head coach Brian Flores decided that. I don't think this came from Flores. I think this came from the front office. And again, we're in the Jerry Jones situation. I know you're anxious and ready to see what he can do. But you still have to keep in mind that he's coming off of him yet. I know we're tired of talking about this and we don't know how long it takes to fully heal. Yes, he said he's ready and we will see uh, in week uh, eight. So, Miami, I hope you got this right. And Brian Flores, I'm praying for you, my brother. Now, to get my full, you know, thoughts on this topic, please go to YouTube, Smitty Sports Machine, 
as me and my boy Marlon, we break this down a little bit more. And I think y'all will readily enjoy this. But those are my thoughts on NFL topics for the week. And stay tuned because I'm about to give y'all my week seven picks. And I am going to give y'all the points against the spread. So y'all just stay tuned. This is former Tampa Bay Buccaneer, big game, James Canada. And when I need to get my sports fix, I tune into Smitty Sports Machine. Hey, what's going on? We're back. We're going to give you the NFL picks right quick. And Thursday Night Football is back in the house after a week off. Uh, if you didn't know, they had to move the Bills and Chiefs up to Monday night because of COVID concerns. But Thursday Night Football is back, and it's the Eagles and Giants. But before I give you all that pick, I, get, I had a thought run across my mind. And to be honest, I think um, it's something to think about. If the Giants get the first pick, will they... You know, take an offensive tackle, which they definitely need still, uh, even though their line has played better. Uh, but Daniel Jones, his career in New York is in jeopardy. And to be honest, it's not his fault because he was taken by the last regime. And to be honest, he might not be Joe Judge's guy. And if the Giants get the number one pick with Trevor Lawrence, I definitely think that's where they will go. And I've said this even on my YouTube channel. Even my Atlanta Falcons, depending on who coach, who coaches them next year, um, I think Daniel Jones will be a good fit in Atlanta if they get the right, you know, offensive mind in there. So, just keep an eye on, you know, Daniel Jones and what he does the rest of the season. Even though he's, you know, been kind of anemic this year, I still think he has potential, you know, to be a great quarterback in this league. And for a team like Atlanta that's, you know, starting to retool, I think he would be a good pick if they decide to be move on from Matt Ryan. Or he could sit up under Matt Ryan until Matt Ryan is done. So, just keep an eye on, on that. But the Giants go to Philadelphia, and the point spread is the Eagles by six. And I'm going to take that because the Eagles have to snap out of this sooner or later. And what? better team to take it out on than the division rival. I'm going to take you know the Eagles and the points I'm going to go 27-20 the Eagles over the Giants they finally get their second win and pretty much gives um, Doug Peterson you know another week to coach because to be honest I think he's getting short and his message is still as well Pittsburgh at Tennessee. Now, this is an interesting matchup. Two undefeated teams. The Lions had the Steelers by one and a half. So, um, this is going to be a very close game. And to be honest, both of these defenses, you know, will come to play. And quarterback, in my opinion, will be the difference in this game. 
Now, the Steelers lost Devin Bush Jr. for the year with a torn ACL. And that is a big blow for a young defense that, you know, still, I think, will find a way to get out to the quarterback. Who they were replacing with, I don't know yet. That's still left to see. Mike Vrabel will have this team ready to play. Derrick Henry, you know, could be the difference for the, the Titans. But I think Roethlisberger and Claypool will have hooked up pretty well. And they're running the ball like they usually do. I think whoever runs the ball and controls the clock in this game will win. But I'm going to go Tennessee at home, you know, by a small margin, 17-14 over the Steelers. Now, this will be a great game, you know, because at 5-0 for both teams, this will be a huge win for an advantage when it comes playoff time. Okay, let's go to the next game. And I want to say this before I start. The Las Vegas Raiders are 3-2, but they played much, much better than that. There's only one game that I've seen them out of, and to be honest, John Gruden is one of the most underrated coaches in the league right now. He still needs that all-pro receiver that, you know, to take that offense to the next level because Josh Jacobs is doing his job. Uh, Waller at tight end is doing his job. Henry Ruggs could be that guy. But I think he's a more of a Randy Moss type fly route guy. So if you get that number one receiver that you can call on at any time that go-to guy, I think the Raiders, you know, easily could be one of the best teams in the AFC. But Tom Brady goes to Las Vegas, and that sounds funny because I bet he's better on all the time when he was going to the Super Bowl. The line is the Bucks by three. And why not? Because that defense, man, you seen what they did against Aaron Rodgers. Devin White and Levante David may be two of the best linebackers in the league that no one talks about. And maybe because Devin White is young. But Antonio Win- Antoine Winfield Jr., that kid is going places, man. If you remember his dad played in the league, he wasn't that big, but he was feisty. He would hit. And... His son has that same type, you know, dog in him. And if they can get, you know, Shaq Barrett and then Dominican Sue at the quarterback every game, I hate to say it, but I would pick them over Seattle. I would pick them over San Francisco. You see what they did to Green Bay. And Chicago, Chicago would be their only, you know, obstacle so this game has the Bucks by three and I will take that now like I said I love what uh, John Gruden is doing in Las Vegas already but I think Tom Brady has found his groove with there now he doesn't put up a lot of passing yards like he usually does but he finds a way to get the ball in the end zone it's only what they need so I'm gonna go with the Buccaneers in this one I'm gonna go 31-24 over the Raiders. Uh, Chicago at the Rams. Now, the Bears for real, we will definitely see this game. I was a little bit disappointed that the Rams dropped the game to the 49ers last week. But, you know, I keep saying this and I'm not going to sway away from it. Jared Goff is not that guy. And if you think he's that guy, 
maybe you need to get shit. But Chicago's defense still playing very well. Khalil Mack has picked it up. Now, what to watch in this game is not Nick Foles, but the Bears' run game. If the Bears can run the ball on Aaron Donald in that defense, I think um, the Bears will control this game and they will win. Unfortunately, I like the Rams to bounce back because for some reason, I just still don't trust Nick Foles. I'm not going to knock him that he's won games, but at the same time, you know, you got to think, can he do this for a full season? Jerry Goff needs to bounce back games. I think the Rams get going, run the ball this week a little bit better than they did last week. And I think they win this game. It's not going to be by much because, you know, it's another low-scoring game because of defense. And I'm going to go to Rams 2017 over the Bears. Now, this is my lock of the week, and I don't care, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. The Bills at the Jets. The Bills have lost two straight games, and I'm going to say this as well because I always speak my mind because that's what I do. The Bills have to let Josh Allen go. They let have to let him loose. He has to play his type game. If you want to keep him into a pocket passing quarterback, you're fooling yourself. He can make all the throws true enough, but running the ball and mixing it up is Josh Allen's game. And to me, he's not as accurate because I think he still needs work, but he can be a modern-day Steve Young. Just right-handed. And if the Bills don't let him go and play his game, uh, it's going to hurt them in the long run. But the line has the Bills by 11 against the Jets, but I'm going to go a lot more than that. I think the Bills, you know, I think they just run away with this, and I'm going to go 30 to 10 over the Jets. So, there's that. But let's go to the next game, Lions and Falcons. Now, the Falcons got their first win last week. And I said they needed that fresh voice in the locker room, and they got that. With Raheem Morris and Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, all those guys stepped up, did their thing. So, you know, I think now don't let me tell you, the the Lions are not a pushover. And the Lions, and the reason why I say that, DeAndre Swift had 100 yards, two touchdowns last week. Adrian Peterson put in his, uh, his just dues. And when they're playing balanced, the Lions can be very dangerous. And don't forget, they're one drop touchdown away from being above 500 team. But I'm going to go with the Falcons in this one. And I think the Falcons making turn the corner with this game like they did at the second half last year. And I'm going to go with the Falcons, you know, over the Lions, 34-27. I think it'll be a high-scoring game because of both quarterbacks. And I think both of them put up a lot of yards. The line in this game has the Falcons by three. The Bengals and the Browns. Now, this game right here is going to be a little bit funny because the Bengals got whooped last week and the Browns got ran over as well. But the thing with this game will be who can recover and who can, you know, bounce back psychologically. 
I think the Browns, that tirade with Odell Beckham Jr., that is going to become old. I think that will be, you know, a problem in the locker room eventually. And I'm going to go with an upset here. I'm going to go with an upset 24-21 Bengals over the Browns simply because of that meltdown. I think that will become tiresome with Baker Mayfield, uh, Odell Beckham. I think uh, it's just time for him to get out of Cleveland. No way around it. Okay, let's go uh, Saints-Panthers. Now, the Panthers lost last week. And the Saints, you know, hey, they're the Saints. But I think Drew Brees is starting to bounce back. You know, and I hate to say that as a Falcons fan. But the Panthers, you know, you can see it. Even though they're getting by with, you know, not having Christian McCaffrey, you can see the loss. And in this game, to beat the Saints, you would need to run the ball because they have struggled against the run, you know, this season. And Teddy Bridgewater, I still don't think he has that number one receiver. So, I'm going to take the Saints over the Panthers 28-17. to And this is a division game, so it may be closer, but I still like the Saints in this one. Green Bay and Houston. Now, this could be a trap game for the Packers. And the reason why I say that is Houston has played very well at home. Even though they're 1-5, I can still see Houston breaking this one up. Now, the line has the Packers by 3.5. And And to be honest, Green Bay pretty much scares me a little bit on defense. Green Bay, I'm sorry, Tampa Bay showed that last week in that blowout win, which is why... I'm going to give the Packers another loss here. I'm going to take Houston at home surprisingly. I'm going to take them 34-31. It's going to be a shootout, I think. And I'm going to take, you know, the Texans. So, hey. Let's get to these 4 o'clock games. I'm going to go ahead and do all of them at the same time. Let's go. Um, lost my train of thought that quick. Seattle and Arizona. Seattle has, I'm sorry, Arizona as I said, you know, they lost Chandler Jones, but Vance Joseph was pretty, you know, creative and still finding a pass rush uh, with Hassan Reddick and Butter Baker. So, I can see an upset here. Seattle by three and a half. And Arizona's putting up points the way they did. I'm not saying that Seattle Seahawks or the Dallas Cowboys, but Kyler Murray can sling the football. So I'm going to take Arizona in the upset by three. I'm going to go 24-21. Arizona over Seattle, y'all know I'm bold, and that's what I do. But I'm going to take Arizona over Seattle. Kansas City at Denver. I'm not going to waste my time on this one either. Kansas City by 10 at the line. And on top of that, I don't see Denver. You know, they played well the last three games. But Von Miller's loss will, you know, become a problem down the road. And at quarterback, that's another whole story. Now, this game is in Denver, which may give them an edge. But come on. 
Patrick Mahomes and that track team at wide receiver. Yeah, it was Hilaire who had 161 yards rushing against the Bills' tough defense. So, this right here should be a walk in the park for the Chiefs. Like I said, division game. But I'm still taking the Chiefs over the Broncos. And I'm going to go 34-10 in a blowout. Let's get to the next game. Dallas and Washington. Two one and five teams. Now, this game is in Washington. But, Dallas has played very well in Washington. And I don't know, you know, well, I'm going to say this. Washington has the better defense. I'm just going to be honest. Which will give them the edge in this game. This line right here is a pick. And I'm going to take the Washington, well, not Washington, Washington football team. I'm going to take the Washington football team over the Dallas Cowboys in Washington. And like I said, I like with Chase Young. He may come back this week. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan, they have that, you know, that strong defensive line, which the Cowboys had problems with the Blitz last week against Arizona. I think they'll continue this week. So I'm going to go with the Washington football team and I'm going to go to get Dallas 10 points this week because they don't deserve it and I'm going to go 17-10 Washington football team over Dallas San Francisco at New England this should be interesting and I think San Francisco is uh, they may you know feed off Jimmy Garoppolo this week because he's going back to New England who traded him who should have been Tom Brady's replacement and I'm sure Bill Belichick is still thinking about that, by the way. Uh, the line is New England with two and a half. But um, I'm going to go San Francisco on the road. I just feel like that um, I like Cam Newton. But I still don't feel like he fits with Belichick. Like, Belichick's trying to adjust to what's going on in the NFL, but it's not his brand of football. So I'm going to go San Francisco. And back-to-back weeks, you know, I'm going to go 24-17. Um, San Francisco over New England. Jaguars at the Chargers. The line has the Chargers by seven and a half. I'll give them that in a little bit more. I'm going to go 27-14. Chargers over the Jaguars. I like what Justin Herbert is doing. And I think this is a coming out game. Throws over 300 yards, three touchdowns. And I just like overall better team. So... Those are my picks for the week, you know. And a lot of them you may not agree with, but I like to take chances if you haven't noticed that yet. So, my thoughts right quick on on the division race that I was looking at. The Pittsburgh Steelers, as if I said, you know, the San Antonio Spurs of basketball. Of football, I'm sorry. And they may be coming back slowly but shortly. We don't know what Ben Roethlisberger's future is going to be. He may play two more years. He may not. But look at it this way. The coming denominator is Mike Tumlin. As long as Mike Tumlin is football coach, I think Steelers will be fine. 
but I just had to say that because I was just thinking while I was doing my predictions about you know the AFC I like the Chiefs I like the Steelers I like the Titans but as I said you know that race is going to be wide open even though the Chiefs had it have the Super Bowl that you know mentality right now the AFC is going to be wild but those are my week 7 picks predictions and points against the spread when I come back I'll give y'all my final thoughts on just stay tuned I got an interesting this week Yo, this is Will Walker from Will's Take on Sports on Spreaker.com, and you're listening to the best darn sports podcaster in the city of Atlanta, my boy Smitty Smith and Smitty Sports Machine. Take care. I holla. My final thoughts, you know, I'm just going to say, you know, pick it back off what I said earlier. You know, I'm not going to, you know, go into it, but, you know, as a owner, you know, being an owner is just like, you know, running a corporation. You put people in their position to do their jobs, and if they, you know, you know, if they don't do their job, you know, you get rid of them, and I understand that, but. When you, as an owner, or as in the front office, when you make decisions that you want the coach to put out there, you know, you do that, you're pretty much, you know, making a decision to take the job out of the coach's hands. And I'm saying this not only because of Tiger Valoa, but I'm saying this, you know, just in general. If you want a job done a certain way and you hire a coach to do that that you think can do that job let that coach do his job his way bring in his type players put his own type scheme in and you know sit back and watch because I understand you want to be hands on and that's fine doing the NFL draft Uh, but still you need to consult with the coach about his system, what he wants to run, what type of players he need, and you put the best players at the best positions. And I'm saying this because a lot of coaches are in a bad spot that this goes on, and mainly I'm talking about Dallas and uh, Miami. And I think, you know, it puts the coach at a disadvantage because if you want things done your way and the coach can't execute because you want your way, you blame it on the coach and you fire the coach. And that's not right. Because if you're taking power out of the coach's hands and putting, telling him to put who you want on the field, don't fire the coach after it goes wrong. Because that's pretty much ass backwards. It's just like you're the coach and you want things done your way. Don't hire 
coaches and expect them to be puppets. That's all I'm saying. Because it's never going to work. You're just wasting your time. This is why I say over and over again, this is why the Steelers are successful. This is why the Patriots are successful. This is why the 49ers were successful in the 80s. Come on. Let the coaches in the gym do their jobs. You put them in the place for a reason to help the team succeed. And if you don't do that and you keep putting your two cents in, putting your fingerprint on everything, it's never going to work. I'm just be brutally honest with you. No matter how you look at it or how you twist it and turn it, it's never going to work out. But those are my final thoughts for this episode. It's just something for y'all to think about. If your team is not up to par and the owner is putting too much emphasis on what he wants, it's never going to work. Point blank, period. But like I said, those are my final thoughts. Thank y'all for tuning in. And as I said, man, please follow me on all platforms. But if you want to follow all my work, please follow me on Twitter at FatboySlam underscore 21. That's F-A-T-B-O-I-S-L-I-M underscore 21. You can catch all of my work on Twitter. This your boy Antoine Smith, 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 Sports Machine. I will catch you on the flip side, my good people. Peace.